podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Y'all ready for this? Yes, okay, okay, so that happened. That was, that was a football game. Wow. <laughs> like, how do we even start the pod? The score, let's just, it was 2-2, 2-2, Liverpool, <laughs> Spurs. What happened to football? <laughs> it's just, somebody has like a grave for it, it's buried outside in the garden. <laughs> but it was very entertaining. Welcome to the face of fan reaction. This is the post-match pod. I'm your host, Kay. I've got with me a uh, friend of the pod, and uh, so I, I don't know if I can call you the resident Spurs fan, Steve, but it's <laughs> warm welcome back to Steve McGookin. How are you, Steve? I'm very well. Thanks for having me back, Kay. No, that's great. And I think debut on the pod, but certainly I've potted with this man before on, on um, various other pods, including AI India. It is Adi from AI India, as I've said. How are you, Adi? As good as Liverpool can allow me to be, okay? Yeah. <laughs> One of those, yeah, it's that knowing nod, isn't it? Tomorrow morning you're going to be walking by and if you don't, if you meet a Liverpool fan, it's just going to be the, yes, I know, I know, <laughs> kind of nod. Um, yeah. Just, just a ridiculous, ridiculous game. It can sort of only happen to us. Um, and I think everybody's annoyed, actually. No, 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 it can't only happen to you. This was, this, <laughs> this was a Spursy game in every aspect. Okay? I'll tell you. I've been there. That other side. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I, I won't be able to argue with you there. Um, just, okay, let's just react to the results. I'll start with you, Steve. Mad game. How did you find it? You know, okay, uh, this is why we love the I have to say that. I mean, what a, what a roller coaster. My goodness. Two fantastic goals, two disputed penalties, more drama than, than we have a right to expect in, in 90 minutes. Uh, and, but really at the heart of it, I mean, two really well matched teams who dug in and, and, and gave everything to that game. And, uh, you know, our, we, we really needed something out of this one given, uh, how, how we played in the last couple of games. And, and of course our record at Anfield has been pretty poor. We are always nervy about these games. Uh, I think we've, we've only won six times in like the last 6,000 visits. So it's always, <laughs> it's always, it's always a special day when we go up there. But I gotta say, I mean, even from the start, you knew it was going to be an, an entertaining game. I mean, as I say, there's always nerves. But particularly at this stage of the season, when we're both in a state in a state where we're looking for you know for third place, fourth place, we we just want to make sure that we get a run of games together. And I I I thought it was an incredibly open game, uh, dictated in the first half by you know Liverpool's pace going forward and a combination basically of you know our inability to deal with your press and our own poor distribution. Uh, I mean I thought <clears throat> Sanchez. Uh, Dyer and Trippier all looked a, a bit shaky at times. And, you know, as, as we know, we'll come and talk on about the goals. But an early goal obviously can, can settle, can settle anybody's nerves. And, w- and when it comes from a defensive mistake, 
it, it, it basically heightens the nerves on whoever concedes. So, uh, you know, and I, I, I wasn't sure about, you know, people who say Salah was offside, but I, you know, it's neither here nor there. I mean, I, I think having said that, I thought the way we responded after that early goal was, was pretty good, but, but the whole of the first half, we weren't really able to create anything. And, uh, I don't think Harry even touched the ball in the first 10 minutes, but yeah, you know, remarkable, absolutely remarkable. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come on, we'll talk about the incidents and the goals and, and all of that stuff, but, um, uh, I think that the basic difference between our performance in the first and the second half was that we, we, we were pretty ineffective in the first half at actually getting the ball into Harry or to the, you know, creating any kind of, uh, chances. And, uh, we, we shook it up a little bit, changed the formation in the second half. And, uh, it made more of a game of it, I think, um, uh, at both ends. Yeah. No, I, it, it was certainly a game of two halves in that respect. Adi, from a Liverpool perspective, like I said, I think the fans will be annoyed. I think we're going to be annoyed at some very different things. There will be um, a, a couple of factions out there after this game today. How did you take the result? Uh, I take the result as one that we would have won if not for the referee. But eventually, I think on the balance of play, I think it was a fair result. Um, because first half, we were okay. But second half, we didn't keep the ball well at all. I thought Firmino should have done a lot better than he did in retaining the ball. Um, there was no composure at all. For some reason, we kept punting it up long, uh, and Vertonghen and Sanchez kept eating eating every ball up. Uh, so overall, I think on the balance of play, it's a fair result. But I think the manner of the result will leave us our taste because um, both those penalties were were slightly dodgy. Um, I mean. Uh, one of them didn't didn't have an effect on the scoreline, so we'll not go there. But um, even even the even the last penalty was slightly dodgy. I've I've watched I've watched replays from five six different angles, and uh, I tend to go on the side that it wasn't a penalty. Uh, but but I think what annoys me even more is that the ref clearly denied them the penalty, and then for some reason he took his linesman's advice and then overturned his own decision. Um, that was slightly annoying. But but I think we brought it upon ourselves um, because we had a zillion opportunities on the counter-attack. We always chose the wrong option. Um, we should have been out of sight with, with you know, our supposed prowess on the counter-attack and the number of opportunities that we had to counter. We should have been out of sight by the time Wanyama hit that rocket. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying, but I, I, I'd rather be more annoyed at the way we played and because we we played nowhere near as well as we we could and as we have shown, like uh, you compare the city performance and this, it was chalk and cheese. Mm. Now I agree with you there. I, just the annoying thing for me was that whole second half and how we seemingly could do nothing to stem the flow. It felt like it was coming. We know we can't defend really well. We are playing against, you know, one of the top sides. No, but and, and and you. But but to be honest, but but to be very honest, I thought. Until until the madness of the final few minutes, I thought we defended very well. I thought Lovren was fantastic. I, I thought the final was. third was fine. I, I like like as like yeah yeah. I mean was, I mean, but it's just the, the, the feel, you know it it just Adi, I don't know if you if you felt the same, but like it just felt by the time the penalty came along, I almost felt like yeah that that feels correct because we just had no way to get out of our half. I mean it it, it felt it felt correct in the sense that Spurs were pushing, but. Spurs didn't really create much. There was that one one-on-one that Son had, but that aside, Spurs didn't create much either. Um, 
as Steve said, as Steve said, Kane barely had a touch of the ball in the first half. Ericsson didn't do much. Ali dive didn't do much apart from that. But I think that switch from I think that switch from that switch from Pochettino in the second half really helped them when he switched Ali central and Ericsson out wide. I think that really helped them. Yeah. Um, that that got them a foothold in the game. Oh, much better than the first half when when they they did virtually nothing and they couldn't deal with the way we were pressing them. Okay. But uh, again, again, I think the second half press is down to the team selection. I think um, because a game like this, when you know that you're going to have to press in midfield, I don't know why Wijnaldum didn't start because that's one thing that he actually does well. Um, we complain about a lot of things about Genie, but uh, Genie offers ball retention and Genie offers incredible amounts of energy on the press and. Uh, so, in that sense, it was slightly perplexing that Gene didn't start. Ox, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's still not been consistent. So, uh, I'll give that to Klopp on why Ox didn't start. But I definitely thought Gene should have started today. Uh, Steve, you going to react to that? Yeah, no, no. I, I think that's absolutely right. I think the fact that we were so ineffective in the first half was partly due to, as I say, us giving a ball away as, as cheaply as we were, uh, which is actually something that you guys ended up doing in the second half, I think, as well. Uh, but also, I, I was very impressed with your defense uh, this, uh, today in the first half. They, uh, Van Dyke in particular, there were a couple of one-on-one challenges. I think one, uh, particularly on Son, where uh, you know it, it, this is this is why you paid the seventy-five million dollars for this guy. I was very very impressed with him. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely, as as we said earlier, there was definitely a, a complete turnaround in the second half when uh, I think it was more uh, pushing Ali forward. Uh, more uh, drop it, you know, from a deep position moving forward behind Harry, and it looked like we were really uh, getting the momentum and freeing Ericsson up to to create uh, and using our possession much better. But of course, even as you were dropping back, you weren't playing the press. You were always dangerous on the on the break, and uh, and it, as I say, it seemed like you ended up doing the same thing we did in the first half. We were guilty of of just giving the ball away too cheaply, and and that maybe was a factor in the in the second half. Again, we. We had more than enough possession, but we just weren't threatening enough. And then, you know, that, and then there was that, you're absolutely right, Addy, that awful dive by Delhi, for which he was correctly booked. And I, I, I have to say that at that moment, I thought that there, there was a danger that from then our momentum was going to be lost, uh, to be honest with you. And, and it, it was always going to take something special to break your defense down. And that's, uh, and, and the interesting thing about, because this was such a controversial game or, or there were so many incidents that people will talk about, you know, the, the two spectacular goals from Wanyama and, and Salah later are going to drop down the pecking order because people <laughs> are going to talk about the penalties, you know, but, uh, but the, the goal by Wanyama was, it was fantastic. And, and the interesting thing also, he was only on the pitch because Poch, uh, realized that Dembele, who, who had been, very instrumental in us bossing the second half, but Dembele was fading a little bit. And so Wanyama was brought on to, you know, to sit, basically. And, uh, and it was just, uh, that, that was a, a turning point, the Wanyama goal. So, yeah, no, there, definitely the contrast in first and second half was, uh, was harsh or uh, stark, rather. And, uh, and I, I think given the way we played against Manchester United in the, in the previous, mm. uh, game, you, you got a real sense from our second half performance that we were trying to click more into that rhythm uh, than we obviously were in the first half. Yeah, no, I, that, no good points, good points uh, made there. I think if we go back, Adi, to the beginning of the game and our midfielder is a few 
eyebrows, if it can still raise eyebrows, I, I don't know. That's the difficulty in playing a team like Tottenham Hotspur, right? On, on paper, despite what Steve is saying about the record, um, you know, that we've had against Tottenham at Anfield. On paper, though, it's, it looks like Tottenham have a better midfield. They have a better defense. And then, you know, for us, it's, it's mostly the press and the front line that is going to sort of work something. I think that's why the game against Tottenham, especially in recent years, has been one of such intrigue and such nerves, a source of nerves for Liverpool fans. But going back and seeing the midfield that sort of came out, were you, you know, could Klopp have done anything else? You were saying Genie, would you have started Genie, um, instead of, say, for example, Milner? Yeah, I think we should have, we should have played, as I said, we should probably play Genie ahead of Milner, definitely, I, I thought. And I was 50-50 between Oxlade-Chamberlain and Henderson, simply because I thought we sh- we could have recreated the midfield that we played against Man City and then pressed because, uh, it was evident that Dembele was, Dembele was bossing, um, all three of our midfielders on his own. Uh, oh, he was too he strong. Was, uh... <laughs> yeah. He was, he was too strong. He was too strong on the ball. Uh, he was, he was too skillful on the ball. Um, he, uh, Henderson and, um, Henderson had no idea what had hit him. Uh, but I thought Hendo, Apart from the times he had to deal with Dembele, when he had to deal with Son, Ali, I thought Hendo did well. Uh, and there were a couple of passes, long passes that on the counter-attack, he, he set us off. But I think against Dembele, Hendo struggled. Um, which is where I think Genie could have helped us more if he played because, um, you know, using his body, shielding possession, uh, using his body to win back possession is what Genie actually does really well. Um, so it was perplexing that, that, you know, we didn't, uh, start with Genie. And after that, even the subs were a little surprising. Spurs had loads of possession in the second half. Uh, but they didn't create much, but we were still falling deeper and deeper and deeper and letting Spurs have the ball, uh, which was kind of annoying. Uh, but that aside, I think, I, 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 I think I, I was really, uh, pissed off about Genie not starting and both Henderson and Milner starting. I thought if Genie, Genie started one of Henderson and Milner, I'd been happy. Uh, but uh, I think that was the only place, uh, only issue with the starting eleven, as far as I was concerned. I mean, Gomez was injured, so Trent had to play. Uh, I I don't have a problem with either of the two left backs. I think Lovren Lovren hasn't been bad recently, and I, I didn't have a problem with him starting either. So as I said, it was it was only about I, I thought Genie should have started this game, and that's the one area where Klopp went wrong. It was probably the thinking was probably we played with this midfield when we got smashed at Wembley and. Uh, Klopp probably wanted to, wanted these guys to make amends, probably why Lovren started ahead of Matip as well. Uh, but it, it was weird. I mean, when you, when you, 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 you can't really prioritize redemption over three points on the right. <laughs> true, true. Uh, move on to you, Steve. For you, Poch looked to be putting out the three-man defense. Uh, what did you make of that? Did you have any problems with the lineup? And do you think that three-man defense, like, to move it on a little bit as well? Do you think it was actually just a little bit of a source of confusion that led to uh, maybe the indecisiveness around the first goal? Yeah, maybe. As I, th- I think we were saying earlier, that, you know, this is a game that there's a, a high degree of nerves on both sides, especially, especially I feel when we go to to your place, when we go to Anfield. I think obviously when when we're at home, uh, we're much more confident right from the off. But I think it's always uh, difficult when we're dealing with a high press like that. And a very uh, intensely pace-driven Liverpool team. 
uh, away from home. That those those sorts of uh, slips can can happen. Um, I mean, you know, Sanchez, as I say, uh, has been fantastic for us since mm-hmm. he since he arrived. I've been very impressed with him. And, uh, you know, Alderweireld is, is a really difficult player to replace. And Sanchez is slotted in perfectly, I think, alongside, uh, Vertonghen. But, um, yeah, I mean, the three at the back, it's, it's one of those things where if you, uh, allow the midfield to have a little bit more time and control, uh, uh, then that can, that can pay dividends. It didn't for us in the first half today. And maybe we should have been just punting the ball over the top and trying to, you know, get the, the forward players to run onto it a little bit more. Uh, but we were always building from the back, and there's always this sense that, uh, you know, keeping possession and, and stringing the passes together is much more important than actually just uh, playing route one. So, um, I mean, these slips happen. Uh, as I say, it was uh, it was something that it happened so early, and psychologically, these early goals, if you concede them, especially through a mistake, through a defensive mistake, at least you have 97 minutes or 87 minutes to redeem yourself. And I think if, if something like that happens early enough, you're, uh, you're not too uh, disheartened by it. But I think the longer the first half went on, we weren't able to get back into it and we weren't creating anything and we weren't basically having any shots and goal at all in the first half. Uh, then it started to, it started to look like that might be, um, might be a psychologically decisive moment. But uh, generally speaking, I mean, that was the team that, that, uh, started the same team that started against Manchester United, and we essentially outplayed United, lost them uh, in that game. So I, you know, was particularly happy with uh, with him playing the back three like that. And uh, Dembele, of course, as you and I have talked about in the past, uh, really given an opportunity, given half half a moment, can can uh, run again. And uh, I think we saw a little bit of that in the second half. So I was I was pretty happy with the way we lined up. All right. Yeah. After, I mean, so that goal happens, as you say. I mean, it, it, it does happen. Look, it's uh, it, it's one of those things. Dyer tries to pass it back to the keeper, and and sort of just doesn't get it out. But immediately after the goal, and this is why I do like watching Spurs when they are absolutely on top of things. Is there's the seeming just turning of the screw, just working really hard, affecting the game plan. Okay, it wasn't working too well. I, the pressing from Liverpool was on point in that first half, and you sort of couldn't get out. But there was, you know, immediately Spurs were on the attack. Immediately Spurs were sort of uh, coming forward. Not a lot of chances created, not a lot of clear chances, uh, certainly. And the tale of the first half was, as you said, Steve, just not being able to really link up as well as as well as uh, you guys have been able to. But what that means is that there's, there's a template to work for, and certainly in the second half, you guys started getting that together. But, I mean, it must have been... I mean, looking at the first half, right? It ends 1-0, and you just think, there's absolutely no way this is going to end 1-0. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing there, Kay, also is there's a difference between scoring three get three minutes into a game and three minutes from the end of the half. Mm. So, and you still go in 1-0 down, but the psychological damage is such that... uh Scoring uh, that momentum, if you're if you're pressing the entire half and then you score at the end of the half, you have a different mindset as you come out for the second half. I mean, I think that it's it's never there's never a good time con- to concede a goal, especially from a mistake. But but conceding that early allows you to say, right, we we just reset this. We just say, you know, we we haven't been playing long enough to prove that our game plan isn't going to work. 
So let's just get back into it. So I think we had we had no other option really than to uh, than to just try and bounce back as best we could. As we go on with the first half there, Ali, I thought as the you know after looking at it back now after the game, two of the major themes of the first half was Liverpool's pressing is just on point. You win the game, we <laughs> we win the ball back um, deep in Spurs' half. We win the ball back in the midfield. We win the ball back when Spurs are attacking. But also there seems to be this little issue with communication. And but people were saying that first half, you know, just talk, talk to me. Let me know that somebody's behind me. It wasn't sort of always the case. That became a problem uh, later. But we seemed to control the first half well. We got the goal. And then we sort of immediately fell into a counter-attacking sort of shape while pressing a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously the second half turned out to be quite different. But, I mean, the first half was really satisfactory from our point of view. The first half wasn't bad. I mean, there wasn't much that we could complain about. Uh, we ensured that Spurs' big guns, you know, didn't get as much of the ball. Uh, Ericsson wasn't doing much. Kane, Kane had, I think if I remember right, he had single-digit number of touches on the ball. Uh, so we we kept Spurs quiet. We had chances of our own. Uh, we we scored one, um, gifted to us by Dyer, but we scored one. Uh, but I, I, your your point of communication, I I don't think the problem is just communication at the back. I think. There's a lot of times when the front three are just not on the same wavelength. You know, Mane is playing one pass, but Salah is making a different run, or the other way around. It, it just, it just feel, it just felt very, very disjointed today, mm-hmm. and and it 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 hasn't felt like that very often, to be honest. Uh, when these three have played together, uh, but but I again, I don't know. Uh, Bobby Bobby didn't look on his game at all today. You know, he wasn't keeping the ball well. He wasn't making the right choices. Uh, with Bobby, you know you're going to get the press, so he did press again. But uh, on the ball, I thought Bobby was shocking. Yeah. Okay. But and then we, yeah, we move on to the second half, and Steve Spurs just almost immediately start looking like they're playing a little bit better. Um, Kane is seeing a lot more of the ball in the opening stages. Forces a save from uh, near the 60th minute from Son. Carius uh, was uh, was quite brave, and um, Ali can't uh, follow up. To, to put the ball in the net. There's not, again, a lot of possession, but Spurs are coming more and more and more and more into the game. Uh, I mean, as the game was going on, what, what were you feeling in that second half? Were you, like, growing in confidence? Yes, I, I, absolutely. Given how ineffective we had been in the first half, I think that was a combination of just us not being able to create anything and, and your defense doing, doing its job very well. I think the momentum was definitely with us and we were swinging forward more now that Ali's starting to push up a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, it, I was, I was sort of very confident that we would at least get a chance to get back into the game, uh, at that stage. Uh, but as I say, there was always the danger of, uh, of you using that pace, uh, on the, on the breakaway again. You can never discount that when you play against a, a, a team that's as, as talented as and as exciting as as Liverpool going forward, um. So, but but yeah, you got the sense, and you and you talked about Addy. You think you talked about your front three not, just not clicking. I mean, for us, it's very much a case of if Ali Eriksson and Kane are on the same wavelength, then you kind of know we're gonna we're gonna create some chances at some point in the game, and and we we were able to uh, we were able to make that a little bit more. And it's funny also, you know, I was just thinking about. What you said about uh, the, the redemption aspect of the, of the, the game at Wembley, 
I mean, if you think back to that, and you know, Ken, I you spoke, you and I spoke about that game after after that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we both knew at that stage, I think, that that was a blip, that 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 was a blip in your season. In your season, but the interesting thing has been really how how both teams played in the immediate aftermath of that game, because you you guys effectively sort of reinvented your approach. You saw what was wrong, you fixed it. Your and that that game was probably the low point of your season, I think. For us, we arguably haven't played as well as that uh, since then. In fact, I, I, I think our performance against Manchester United the other night was was certainly on a par uh, with with that Liverpool game. But I think that was that was probably our high point of the season in terms of uh, uh, in terms of actually how we played and the confidence that we were playing with. So it was interesting. I mean, we we sort of I think knew at the time that that was a an aberration that 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 result was an aberration. But we didn't really think that. Uh, I expected us to be able to hold on to that level of of uh, of standard of play, and and I really only saw it. Um, uh, the most recent game I was I was at was the Everton game when we beat Everton four to nil. And again, that was one of those things where the, the the team clicked, but the opponents just weren't weren't at the game. They weren't really offering anything to to challenge us. Whereas a game like today. Both teams, I think, are able to raise their game against teams that that challenge them and play uh, in a similar way. Now, I hear what you're saying there, Steve. Let's just react to that, Adi, because from the Liverpool perspective, I just don't understand. Look, Liverpool just couldn't keep the ball at all. We we didn't we couldn't use the midfield, or we didn't use the midfield at all. There were these long balls punted up front, which, as you said, the Spurs defense could just eat up all day. I just didn't understand the whole approach, and and I mean. You see, like quite, it's quite late in the game when the Wanyama goal comes around, the 79th minute. But it leaves you so little room to be able to fix things. If you know you're only one nil up, if you do happen to get an equalizer somewhere along the line, which is you're playing a quality team, that can happen. But then how do you respond after that? I just felt that the patterns weren't there. Nothing was sort of really working apart from the very last bit of our defending. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's nice to be able to say that the very last bit of our defending was working, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. Apart from, apart from that, it was shocking. I mean, uh, look, it, it was clearly it was clearly not, uh, you know, the fault of the players on the pitch. It was clearly an instruction because every time anyone got the ball in, uh, like in our in our back third, anyone got the ball, it was literally punting it upfield. Uh, so it was clearly an instruction to you know not delve on the ball too much and uh, and spank it upfield. Uh, but again, um, as you said, you know Spurs are a quality side; they're going to create chances, and um, we were we were good enough to stop those chances until one shot that you know no no goalkeeper in the world stops that, and it it comes from someone who is not particularly renowned to do that. I mean, if it come from an Ericsson or Saison or Kane. You can say, okay, you you shouldn't have given him so much space outside the box, or you 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 could you could you know um, say that uh, that should have been stopped. But no one's expecting Wanyama to do that. It was a stunning goal, sensational goal, but no one's expecting to do that. Uh, again, for that goal, you you could point fingers, you know, at Carrius. Could he have got more on the punch? Uh, but to be fair to him, he got the punch 30 yards away from goal. Um, there was, I think, Oxley Chamberlain there, who's who, who slept, didn't track Wanyama at all. Uh, so even the goal, I mean, it was a sensational goal, but we still could have done a, a lot to stop the goal. Um, I, I thought Lovren had a sensational game until that moment where you know he he kicked in air again, 
uh, and Spurs got their first penalty. Um, it, it was a very weird game. I mean, even even when we were leading, even when we were leading, there was no point when you felt like you know, yeah, yes, I, we, we got this game over Spurs. Especially after halftime, you know, despite the fact that Spurs didn't create too much apart from the Son chance, despite that, you know, you, it, it it was never it was never comfortable. You you were always with our defense. I mean, you you always know that there's a chance coming somewhere around the corner. Um, Spurs were helped by the referee, no doubt, uh, but. We have ourselves to blame because we didn't play well at all. Uh, especially second half. Uh, I, I, I've spoken enough about Firmino not keeping the ball. But, you know, there's only so much Firmino can do against guys as big as Vertonghen and Sanchez when you're constantly playing aerial balls to him. There's only so much even Firmino can do. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta take some, some blame here, Steve, for your opening goal, the one Yama goal, because, well, I'm watching with my dad and, 78 minutes, Wanyama comes on from Dembele, raises a few eyebrows, right? Because I'm thinking, Spurs need a pass here. They need a goal. They need some creativity to break down what was looking to be a bit of a low block from us, uh, more or less until that point. And then my father's like, oh, yeah, Wanyama's going to, you know, I'm like, no, Dembele's the guy who gives the passes. I don't know how you're going to get a goal with Wanyama, but okay, let's see what happens. A minute later, the ball is snugly spinning wildly in the top corner of the net. I mean, it's just an absolutely fantastic strike. It's just thunderstruck. You know, the weird thing is, Kay, I have to mix my sporting metaphors here and tell you, yesterday I was watching Ireland-France in the Six Nations, and when Johnny Sexton hit that drop goal right at the end to win it, that was a similar reaction that I had when... (laughs) hit that ball this, this, this evening. I mean, it was just, you know, as soon as that went in, I thought, you know, that's it. Let's, it's over. Let's take a point. Let's get, get out of here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because up to that point, uh, it was a, up to that point, it was a pretty conventional game, a, a pretty conventional sort of back and forth could have gone either way kind of game. And, uh, with, with 10 minutes to go, Wanyama pulls something really out of the air, which was just fantastic. I mean, I think, obviously, I think you could have done a better job clearing it, but, uh, but if you put enough players, especially, uh, on the edge of the box like that with a straight, with a straight view of the goal, then, then something special could, could happen. And indeed it did. But then, uh, but then, of course, <laughs> who would have known that we would have had a, a whole other game take, take- <laughs> In like the last nine minutes after that, it was just unbelievable. That I mean, the first penalty—I'll—I'll I'll just you know go through my yeah, thoughts. Go on, go on. Yeah, I mean, the first penalty. Um, I think Harry was offside, and it was probably poetic justice. There was some, certainly some poetic justice in the fact that he missed the—he missed the kick. I mean, and the, but the interesting thing was, you know, the 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 length of the time between the incident and and confirming it, and uh, you know, the the referee's conversation with the linesman, and the fact that. Um, some people maybe watching in the pub might have thought that they were consulting the, the VAR at that stage, you know, because oh, there yeah. was, they, was like yeah. two and a half, three minutes between, uh, the ref blowing and actually confirming that, that it was a, that it was a penalty. So, you know, maybe, maybe Harry just ended up having too long to think about it. Uh, it was, a, it was a poor penalty, but, you know, good save by Carius. Um, and then of course Salah goes down, goes down the field and, and, and destroys us, you know, again with, uh, oh my God, this is, this is what I was saying to you earlier about how this was like a really Spursy kind of game. It was, <laughs> I see, was yes. Like you, 
you know, we miss the we miss the first penalty. Salah gets the goal to, to make it two one, and you think, oh, this is this is just us all over. This is us all over. And then the second penalty. Now I have to I have to be honest with you. I've looked at this on replay several times, and I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure whether Van Dyke actually makes contact with Lamella. I mean, credit to Lamella for getting his body in between there, between the ball and Van Dyke. But I'm not convinced. I'm not sure whether he whether he actually makes contact with him or not. Harry steps up, and it, you know, it really, when you consider what had just happened five minutes ago, it, it really took a lot of balls for for Kane to step up and take that at that stage of the game like this. And uh, you know, it was <laughs> I I'm still uh, still floating from it to be honest with you, Kay. But but who who would have assumed that we would have had an entire game compressed into the last? <laughs> No, that's true. That's true. It, it was. It just like the same as you, Steve. When when the Salah goal goes in, I'm screaming my head off because <laughs> I thought when the when the Wanyama goal went in, I thought it's yeah. only Spurs left in this game, and uh, and I, I'm a bit worried there that we don't come out with even a point. When the Salah goal goes in, I go, you know, we my dad and I we just start screaming. Um, my little eight-year-old sister is shouting at us for shouting too much. And then my father says, he's got to take some credit here for cursing us for the second goal. But uh, he says, surely that's done now. Surely it's done. And Adi, Adi, I said, this is Liverpool and we cannot. And he just sits there and goes, yeah, no, you're right there. Let's just keep on watching. <laughs> the number of texts that I got from Liverpool friends of mine, which which only arrived at the time uh, which they had sent when Salah scored, which only arrived when Harry scored the penalty. Oh it was, wow! It was remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that 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 injury time period was madness. Uh, it was a sensational goal from Salah. Um, I I think I think the Spurs defenders are scared to put a foot in there because mm-hmm. they're scared they're scared they'll give a penalty away. Uh, because. You you see he he gets past he gets past three four defenders before he puts it past Loris and I think they they're scared to put a feet in just because of how quick he is and of out of fear of giving a penalty and then and then we do the most Liverpool thing ever and invite pressure I mean in that scenario you you are going to invite pressure but um and I, I think I'm with Steve on the penalty incident I mean I I watched it enough times. I, I'm tending to go towards it wasn't a penalty. I, I thought there was very minimal contact if there was any. But, but having said that, when I saw it live, uh, first time, I thought it was Stonewall penalty. Uh, Adi, really, on that, uh, while I've got you on that, like, you know, as you're saying, I mean, okay, the refs only get one, one time to see it. They had to confer. But when you saw it the first time, I, I don't want to, I don't want to take the spotlight off the refs. I, I don't want to, you know, yeah. take the pressure off of them, but, from just from a Liverpool defensive perspective, this again that communication at the back a couple times during the game, you know, suddenly Virgil van Dijk turns around, sees somebody behind him, and then is going like, "Whoa, you know, how is that person?" Yeah, where's he, he come from? Yeah, and a couple times yeah. during the game, he's shouted at somebody next to him. He, he shouted at Robertson. He shouted at Lovren to just say, "You have to tell a person that somebody's run off you. You have to shout it." Exactly. You, you exactly. know, you have to. And I thought that he sort of discovered um, that Lamella was there. You know, it, it was exactly. You know, and then he's ma- he might have managed he to put just, his leg away. He might have done that. But just the fact, you know, that that, that confusion, yeah. 
so yeah. there was no way he could have known that Lamela was behind him. And the the fact that uh, we had two centre backs other than Van Dijk on the pitch, we had Lovren and Matip on the pitch, and uh, both of them were our first choice centre backs before before we signed Van Dijk. So it, 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 that second goal, that second goal we conceded, the penalty we conceded, it was again the entire you know the entire defensive system breaking down. It's an all too familiar problem. Um, so. We look like the city game. We we completely ignored the first ball and won almost every second ball that we could. And after that, we've gone back to the same old problem of not winning the second ball. Um, which uh, I I don't know mm-hmm. how you sort mm-hmm. that. I don't know how you sort out winning second balls. Do uh, you you know stay off the first ball like we did against City, where we we won less than twenty percent of our aerial duels, um, and you know go hungry on the second ball, uh, but. It's happened far too often for for this to be ignored right now. It's it's happened way too many times for us to ignore the fact that there is a problem with us when we deal uh, with you know um, the fallout from an aerial ball. Um, so there was Van Dyke. I think he went up against Kane, if I'm not wrong, just before Lamella Lamella gets that ball for the penalty, um, and he half wins that. Uh, but there has to be someone in the box. You know, you're you're defending. A two, a one goal lead. You've just got the lead in injury time. Uh, I, I have a problem with the amount of space that Lamella eventually found himself in in the box. Uh, that that shows you that we didn't defend well at all. Uh, and then beyond that, the referee goes on to compound our problems. Uh, but you know, I'm tending towards the fact that it wasn't a penalty, uh, and the fact that the referee actually waved away Spurs claims and then uh, overruled. Um, and then had his decision overruled by what the linesman told him. Uh, it, it it sort of left a sour taste in the end for me. Yeah, and also the the strange thing is, I remember thinking at halftime that the ref has had a really good game today because he let the game flow. He didn't stop it for uh, for a little unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. This is a forceful game. And so I, so I, on the, on the first half thing, um, I was we were on the Anfield Index Writers Group and. At halftime, the first the first message I saw at halftime was John Moss is a bellend. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's two different perspectives there as well. <laughs> uh, fair enough. But I think a game like that, you really do want to let it let it flow as much as possible and not not bring the ball back for uh, for for small houses. Yeah. And 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 the problem for John Moss is that now the last five minutes of the game are are, are all anybody's going to talk about. Yeah, 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 that's true. I, I, and that's uh, that's the problem for Liverpool's defense as well, because we were we were very good at the back for eighty-five minutes and then pretty shit for the rest of the game. <laughs> Do you guys think that this is a good uh, sort of advert for for VAR to come into the Premier League? Yeah, well, I, I'm a sort of almost totally convinced uh, supporter of VAR to begin with. So as long as it's well used and as long as it's adequately explained to the to the crowd, what's happening, uh, and that's why I said earlier, you know, if somebody was watching that in the in the pub with the sound down, for example, they might have thought that VAR was being uh, was being consulted at that stage. Um, again, it, it's like anything else. You want you want the decision to be right, but but basically, you don't want uh, the crowd, the, the the audience at home, to get a better view than the ref has. Yeah, that's true. I, I, and that's the problem with VAR, right, Steve? I mean, there's just a, 
we saw it in the in the Liverpool game and you know I think it was the FA Cup it took quite a long time and i think the idea is right we just need to streamline the processes around it right. but it sort of doesn't help when you know there's so much to still do in a normal situation i mean i mean like you said everybody thought it was var but like the ref and the assistant both times took several minutes of consultation before <clears throat> awarding awarding the decision and that just sounds again like the process for that needs to change too yeah, I totally agree with you. Absolutely right. I think that that needs to uh, better serve the crowd, especially the crowd in the uh, in the in the stadium at the time, because they need to know exactly what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, such such a lot was going on <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I, my my notes are uh, Salah goal ninety plus one. Right. Um, wow, what a goal! All Salah. Oh my God, Lorente came on. Who did he go on for? Because I didn't record it. He's just suddenly in the box. Well, it was <laughs> that that nodded the uh, nodded the ball on for Lamella to to be challenged, wasn't it? Oh wow! So oh. like this is oh this okay, Adi, I've got one for you now because Adi, all Pochettino's substitutes did something quite big there. Right. <laughs> all Pocha substitutes, club substitutes again, just leave us hoping for a little bit more. Genie and Ox came on, and. There wasn't that much that they really changed in the game, to be honest. Uh, even even yeah. with Matip, you know, Matip came on and it, it didn't feel like we had five defenders on. So yeah, I mean, we conceded what three minutes after Matip came on, um, which which basically sums up Liverpool and our defense. Uh, I thought after Genie came on, we could have stopped clearing the ball when we when when our defenders got it in the in our mm. our own defensive third. We should have stopped clearing it and. You know, I actually tried and involved Genie, Emre, Ox in the play. Uh, having said that, I thought Ox was poor. He was lazy. He didn't offer much in terms of the press. Uh, he, 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 he slept for Wanyama's, for Wanyama's goal as well. Uh, and you contrast that with, um, you know, Lamela won a penalty. Um, Llorente set him up to win the penalty. Wanyama scored a stunner. Um, and it, it doesn't reflect well on Klopp as compared to Pochettino. Uh, but having said that, I was surprised by Pochettino himself and why he changed, um, you know, a system that worked so well for them four days ago against United. Um, he, he kept the same 11 on the pitch, but the system was different. And I really couldn't understand why he did that. Um, because, you know, they were, they were fantastic against United. Uh, you can say that Mourinho in big games doesn't, doesn't set his teams up to play, but all of you, even if you don't consider Man United at all, I thought, I isolate Spurs and I thought Spurs were fantastic and it was slightly surprising that even Spurs moved away from that, from that system today. Uh, but he, he, he went with something similar at the start of the second half and it was no surprise that they started playing a lot better than they did in the first half. But I think Klopp didn't really adjust to, you know, the changes that Pochettino made. Um, Ali, Ali being brought central brought them a lot more energy in the middle of the park and, um, we, we kept Milner on. Uh, I don't know for what reason. Uh, we kept, uh, we took Hendo off, but, uh, even after we took Hendo off, we didn't, we didn't, you know, engage, engage Spurs in midfield at all, you know. We, we sat mm-hmm. back and said, you know, we'll defend, we'll defend the final ball and we did, we, we defended the final ball. I have no problems with that, but we defended the final ball and then there was no way for us to set off uh, on our transitions. Our transitions were very, very poor today. Uh, and even when we did have the opportunities, we made the, we made the wrong choices. You know, there was this one, I remember when 
when Salah had Firmino on his left, but then he he tried to play a reverse ball to Emre. I don't know why he because the ball to oh, Firmino just was made bad decisions so many times. Every yep, single on the, attack on was the a counter bad attack on the counter attack we made so many bad decisions. And I, as as I said earlier, I think we could have killed we could have killed Spurs off far before Wanyama scored if we'd made if we'd made proper decisions on the counter attack. It it was a bit was a bit unlike our attack very much in that respect. But, exactly uh, because because we we are possibly yeah today notwithstanding we're still possibly the best counter attacking side in the league. Hmm. Mm, mm. Where does this leave us now, guys? I mean, Steve, you've just played United, done really well, played us, and uh, come away with a with a, a draw, a score draw away result, which is certainly not bad. Um, where do you go next? Well, we, not- we we really needed to get something out of today, as we were saying earlier. I mean, given we have to keep pace with with you. Uh, I think that's where things are going to go. Is both of us are going to have to at least do as well as the other team going forward. And it's funny, you know, the irony of our game against United the other day was, and I, I said earlier that uh, your goal in the third minute today gave us enough time to get back into the game that it, it didn't really kick our rhythm out too much. I mean, we scored in the first minute against United, and they couldn't respond mm. to that. So that was, I think, the difference between us and them on the night was we bounced back very, very well after you scored the early game today. They mm. couldn't bounce back, or they, they, they seemed to be incapable of putting anything together after we uh, after we scored after a minute. Um, so that was interesting, yeah. I mean, we obviously we have the North London Derby uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, that's, again, one of those things where I actually feel more confident Going into that than I did coming into today for various reasons. Um, I, obviously, both of us have uh, have Champions League games coming up in the in the in the next couple of weeks, um, and hopefully, of course, Watford can do us both a favour tomorrow night with uh, maybe taking a, a couple of points off Chelsea. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but um, I, I'm pretty optimistic for us uh, heading into the business end of the season. I mean, I, I I think we're we're starting to regain that that confidence that that fluidity in our play and I think the signing of uh, Lucas Mora is actually just going to going to help the um, the flexibility that we have in, in lining up either with Lamella or Son uh, or you know if, if injuries happen to, to Ericsson or, or Ali we can have a little bit more flexibility in that uh, in that central midfield so I, I feel pretty good actually guys about uh, about us going forward and oh I, I have to say before before we leave <clears throat> there was a very, very good piece by Jonathan Wilson in The Guardian uh, on Friday, I think it was, where he compares our two teams. I don't know if you saw it, but you can probably find it on I'm the... I'm not, yeah. And he, he compared the two teams and their 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 uh, advantages and their uh, their flexibilities and their, uh, their frailties. And he said, here's a quote here, he says, both sides are capable of hammering opponents. Get a lead, they can tear sides apart with rapid counters. But a major doubt remains about both. And and for you, for Liverpool, he says that the, the, the doubt is the sense that if an opponent gets beyond your press, that there's a, there's a fragility about how you respond to that. For us, it's our reliance on the creativity of Ericsson and Ali. And there's a flatness that goes along with, with how we play if they're not clicking, if those those creative forces within the team aren't clicking. So in a, in a way, I think there's, it's what we knew already that our teams are at very similar stages of development and very similar uh, outlooks going forward. And, and there are huge advantages to being us, but there's also huge disadvantages sometimes which we need to, we need to work on. 
That is very interesting. That is very, and very nice words. Thank you, Steve. I do hope we finish in the top four along with you guys. That we just, we're playing better soccer than the rest. Yeah. If you look over this season, it would be a sort of justice, I, I feel. I, I, think, I mean, obviously, obviously City are head and shoulders above everybody else and they're playing some yes. fantastic football and they're, they're scoring fun. But I think in terms of, and, and today brought that out, uh, very strongly for a neutral, if you were a neutral watching that game today, that was the <laughs> advert for the Premier League that you could have, you could have seen two attacking teams really going for it. Yeah. For us, Adi, it's interesting, Steve mentioning uh, Lucas Mora there brought into the side. At times today, you know, you, you just look at the things and just feel like that transfer window we just had, we could do, you know, there are numerous places in this squad, Adi, they just need something. They need a lot more. Yeah. And we just didn't, right? We just didn't. And it showed up again today because we didn't bring anybody off the bench to really affect things in the way that we wanted. Now we do go, we've got a couple of games against people, against teams who are, we should be beating. You know, I could say a couple of games ago before we, I think, the, the, you know, yeah, the, this United, United in the, United league, yeah. in the middle, yeah, um, Southampton next week, yes, yeah, and then Porto. Um, yeah, you know, is is it sort of justified looking at the just let's keep it to Premier League for now? I, I know, I know the Champions League will affect things, but just to make this discussion easier, looking at that. Do we have sort of enough to get through these games just to amount a good amount of points to the point where we're confident of getting top four with this squad? Um, I, I think we're good enough, uh, because, because I think, uh, for me, the quality gap between, you know, the top six and the rest, so to say, the gap in quality is increased, increased by a long way. I think, I think we, we really should have enough to be beating the likes of, you know, Southampton, Crystal Palace, West Ham. These teams, we, we should be beating them, uh, irrespective of, you know, whether we have a Coutinho or a Coutinho replacement or whatever. Uh, with this current squad, we should be beating all of these teams home or away. Uh, because I feel that the quality gap between the top sides and, and the sides, you know, other than the top six has, has grown a lot more than it has been in recent seasons. Um, having said that, I think I think we messed up in this window. I think uh, it was it was it was stupid to sell Coutinho without having uh, identified a replacement, especially given that we didn't sell him in the summer. And uh, we, I think it, it it was common sense to know that Barca would come back, whether it was in January or it was in June. We knew that Barca would come back for him. And uh, given that, I think we should have done our homework and. You know, at least, at least the groundwork in starting off a deal for someone that, that, that could have taken Coutinho's place to the side, whether it was, it was Lemar or it was whoever, uh, there were a lot of names that were thrown about, uh, and we ended up getting no one. I mean, obviously Van Dyke in January is, uh, is a signing that addresses a massive concern. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but we've let, we've let Sturridge go, who is a fantastic option off the bench. Uh, when he's fit, he's not been fit very often. That's a different issue, but he's a fantastic option off the bench when he's fit. And we let our best player go. Uh, having done that without, without having signed anyone and having to rely on Danny Ings and Dom Solanke, if something goes wrong with, uh, any of our front three right now is not the happiest situation to be in. But I still think we should, we should have enough to, uh, to, you know, uh, uh get, get through these so-called lesser sides and, uh, I think we should be, hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, Steve's boys can, can draw a North London derby next weekend and give us some breathing space. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm not sure Steve's going to be happy about that. Dropped, I think, Addy, unfortunately. I don't know. I mean, uh, because look, Arsenal, Arsenal have strengthened considerably. I still think Arsenal uh, yeah. have have big problems with their defenders. But Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang add huge amounts to that side, and they've strengthened considerably. Uh, so I, I think, but but even then, I think after today we have to play United and Chelsea, and apart from that, it's 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 the not so big side because we've already played Burnley, we've already played Leicester. Uh, so apart from United and Chelsea, we play sides that are outside the top eight only. So I think with or without you know the quality that we lost in January, I think we should be beating those sides. All right. Well, thank you guys. That has been a great talk. It has been such an entertaining game that um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be laughing at the start of the line. One day we're going to look back at it. It's going to be that kind of game. <laughs> I'll let you guys do some plugs before I let you go. Uh, so, Steve, you got anything going on at the moment? Well, uh, I used to be the chairman of the New York Spurs Supporters Club, so you can uh, join the discussion at nyspurs.com or follow them on Twitter at nyspurs, or you can follow me on Twitter at Steve McGookin. Nice, awesome. And with you, Adi? Uh, no, no particular personal plugs, but but yeah, I mean, I I enjoy listening to the stuff that's out on AI Pro, so I I'd recommend everyone listen to that. Yep, and the seven-day free trial is still running, so try it out. See if you like it. If you like it, subscribe. There's some really really good stuff, as Adi says. Well, guys, I am going to speak for three days nonstop. <laughs> 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 Uh, thanks so much to my panelists for joining for joining me yeah. and yeah until we see you again for our next game which is uh, Southampton take care of yourselves bye bye let's get ready to rumble Sports Social Podcast Network.